Hey guys, it's Society9 with another podcast episode today. Uh, it's Lynn, founder and CEO of Society9. And Megan, the director of marketing and sales for Society9. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time ever, um, Society9 is the brand for the fight in every woman. And we make the best boxing and MMA gear and sportswear for women. Um, we are here today, first of all, to celebrate Megan's birthday. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> all the cakes. Except not yet, because she has her first fight. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> I'm going to get punched in the face. All the, no, she's not, because uh, she's going to be so freaking good at blocking and kicking and all the things. I may get one or two in. She might get one or two. I mean, it's, you know, one black guy. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> Please send all the good vibes my way, because I can't afford for her to get a concussion. So <laughs> No concussions. No concussions, because she's so good at defense. Um. Today on our podcast, as our guest, we have Lynn Lee, it's founder me. and CEO of Society9. Oh my gosh. Um, so we originally were going to have a guest on today, but Lynn had the really awesome experience to go to Washington, D.C. and go to the United States of Women's Summit at the White House. Um, and while you were there, you had an opportunity to not only be in the same room as some of the most amazing women in our time, but also to hear some really great people speak. Um, and quite frankly, we really haven't had a chance to hash it out and talk about what that was like and kind of see what your takeaways were. Um, to be honest with everyone, I have only had a chance to watch maybe a total of 15 minutes and the speeches were all about 45 minutes long, give or take. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear um, what you thought. The one from all of our friends that were there that I heard was really amazing was Joe Biden. Um, I heard that he gave a pretty amazing speech and I read a lot of tears were shed while he was speaking. So Mine included. Love, yeah, I would love to hear about that, Lynn. Put you on the spot. Tell me. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, yes, it was an incredible experience and I feel very, very fortunate to have had the opportunity to go. Um, I had a, you know, I had a lot of Facebook friends who were like, oh my God, I'm so jealous you're there. And um, I, yeah, it was a very um, life-changing experience for sure. A, a once in a lifetime, maybe even experience because who knows if the White House would do it again. Uh, they should, uh, but who knows if they'll do it again. Um, and yes, to your point about being around some of the most powerful women of our time, uh, I'm still, I think the most fangirl moment I had was when I was in the bathroom and Gloria Steinem walked out of a stall and I literally, I, my jaw physically dropped and I like <laughs> shook my face because I obviously have only seen her face on Facebook and in my history books. And it's just, she, it's, it was almost like an ephemeral like she had an ephemeral glow about her. Like I, I'm sure that wasn't projected at all. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like her. I don't know. Her aging powers also defy, you know, defy science. Um, but yeah, that was that was probably my my biggest fangirl moment. But on to Joe Biden. Yeah, so he gave the first speech um, out of all sort of the White House dignitaries, I guess if you could pick a term. But. Um, his personal cause is uh, the Violence Against Women Act, um, which if those of you are not familiar, it's a set of legislation um, that he spearheads that is all focused on supporting victims um, in cases of domestic and sexual violence. Um, and he also is kind of the, like the White House poster man or woman spearheading a cause called It's On Us, 
which is a nonprofit that is led by actual uh, victims and survivors of rape, which is it's powerful considering the fact that they've gone through so much trauma and yet they are. I'm not saying that they are reliving their experiences, but they are are brave enough to choose to use their story as a catalyst for pushing for change. Um, in fact, the person introducing him was one of the leaders of It's On Us, and she shared her story. And I mean, there were tears. That would have started the tears right there. Oh, there were tears started there. And then as soon as Joe Biden got in, like 10 minutes, five, not even 10 minutes, five minutes in, there are more tears. Um, but in any case, I would say out of all the subjects at the summit, um, which if you guys aren't familiar, the UN has millennium goals that are all addressed around uh, economic equality or inequality, rather, poverty, um, climate change, et cetera. So the, the United States of Women's Summit also had similar goals that they set all encompassed around topics like entrepreneurship and innovation, health and wellness, uh, violence against women, civic engagement, et cetera. Um, but b- by and large, the subject matter that everybody unanimous, unanimously was most drawn to was violence against women. Um, in fact, as sad as this sounds, sad and uh, inspiring, but sad especially, I think the the one topic that I think everybody could have spent the entire summit talking about was violence against women. And that just mm-hmm. goes to show how big of a problem and a challenge it is, but also how hungry women and men like Joe Biden are for change. I, I think it's really interesting because obviously I'm a woman. I never, I don't remember ever being aware of the violence against women. And I think that's why it's becoming such a hot topic. And I think that's, um, I don't really know how to put into words what I'm trying to say, but I always was aware, you know, you grow up being aware of what you're wearing, how you're walking down the street and all of these things. And you know, you know that the underlying reason for this is violence against women. Mm -hmm. Now as adults, we know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely interesting how it's coming to such a, a, you know, everyone is talking about it. and I, I think that's really, um, it's amazing. And I can't imagine what that was like to be in a room where everyone wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, a room of like 4,000 attendees, you know, I mean, I think I think one of the more powerful things that, that Joe Biden pushed on was obviously not only um, increasing uh, more legislation on the state and federal level to protect victims of domestic and sexual violence, but... He also spent a lot of time talking about how our culture is poorly uh, working towards systemic change as well. So, for instance, he spent a lot of time imploring men. I mean, quite frankly, I think that's what a lot of women started crying about because aside from the anecdotal stories that he shared of victims that he's worked with, which got everybody crying, but his passion, his feverish passion to implore men to step the fuck up. I'm sure if he had the ability to, he would have said that because that's the <laughs> level of passion that he, you could see it in his eyes, you could hear it in his voice, like literally reverberating mm-hmm. in the convention center. Um, but, you know, he was imploring men to make a change in their behaviors too. We're talking small behaviors. We're talking about locker room culture, you know, the, oh yeah, I banged her this weekend kind of jokes, the Tinder, I'm going to hook up with her, you know, or, oh, she's hot, I would, I, you know, I would screw her or whatever. Just like, just the way that men speak about women. And to be fair, I'm not saying that women don't talk about sexual behavior or their, you know, their 
dating lives or whatever in a similar way. I mean, women, yeah, we should we should change our behaviors too. But specifically as it pertained to this subject, Joe Biden was saying that this type of behavior dehumanizes women in men's eyes um, based on the way they talk about them, based on mm. the way they talk about how they interact with them, um, and then the action themselves, or the actions themselves, um, this perpetuates violence against women. I mean, when you think about the Stanford kid who got off easy, I mean, the fact that his father wrote a letter that said, or, or and I quote, you know, he, he he got all this, gotten all this trouble for 20 minutes of action. That is the exact kind of behavior that Joe Biden was saying, men, step up. It's this type of perspective and this type of communication that continues to dehumanize women as equal creatures within our society. And the one moment of comic relief, which was a valid point, but the one moment of comic relief in his entire speech was when he said, a woman should be able, freely, to walk stark naked if she wants to, to the Congress building, and yeah, maybe get arrested for a decent exposure, but she should not be getting catcalled at, she should not be getting hit on, she should not be getting physically threatened or or verbally threatened in doing so. And, I mean, it... I mean, that got a stirring laugh, but also applause from people because, yes, like that's the extremity to what he's saying is like if a man did that, yeah, people would be grossed out. He'd probably get arrested, whatever. But it it goes back to this idea of just because she was wearing a certain thing, just because she had one or one or too many drinks. How many times have we seen men have one to two men? too too many drinks and they're not necessarily at risk a higher uh higher risk for rape not saying rape on men doesn't happen but they're not as more as susceptible to being at risk for a sexual assault or violent assault well even if you take away something as terrible as as rape or assault it's it's even the societal double standard of if a if a guy gets drunk it's like oh there goes Timmy like right ha- tying one on silly Timmy if a girl does the same thing it's like she's a mess yeah <laughs> she's a mess she's a slut she's, she's putting asking herself out for there. it she's asking for it exactly um, and and that was I mean he got visibly emotional when he was again I I would imagine it's because of the work that he's done with It's On Us and the Violence Against Women Act and then these victims that he interacts with on a day-to-day basis. But you know, he got visibly shaken and emotional when he's talking about that exact psychology of, well, she asked for it. Mm. Oh, well, um, she didn't say no, but she didn't say yes either. It's like, well, if she did not say yes, then it doesn't mean yes. Like, plain and simple. And mm. he, he, it was almost sad because he felt, it almost seemed like he was desperate like Mm. men listen up if she doesn't say yes then that means it's a no Mm. that means you don't have a right to touch her it doesn't it means that you have no right to verbally assault her it it means that you don't have a right to hit on her or touch her whatever like Mm. you don't have a right and um yeah I think women women got so visibly emotional for a multitude of reasons but I think because for the first time they felt like somebody was somebody of the opposite gender in a position Mm. of power was finally saying like, you don't deserve this. You Mm. are not to blame. I I feel like 
that's a whole part of this entire conversation being so widespread too is I almost feel like even for women it's kind of these aha moments like oh that's why I've been feeling this way Mm -hmm. um I I can't remember I I want to say it was somebody somebody said and it was during the summit and I was reading like some some things here and there and someone said you know sex without consent is rape consensual sex is just sex mm-hmm. like why do we have to call it consensual sex right and I thought for me I, I was like why didn't I like I never thought of that right Grand, and again like I'm really lucky I've never been a victim of anything like that thank mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. but for you know that's something I never even thought about and that's and I and I almost feel like maybe that's where that desperation comes from leaders is it's like why don't we understand this like right. why can't we just treat people like humans right well, so. leaders who care, because unfortunately yes. there's yeah. a lot of leaders in this free land. Who you mean don't... like the judge? Yeah, the... <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, there are leaders in this free country that give zero shits, which blows my mind because they were all born from powerful mothers. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think what his speech also did was it, it gave some, he didn't give a trigger warning and mm. there were some things that he talked about that visibly upset a lot of women but mm. I think that just goes to show you how much domestic and or sexual violence affects a lot more women than we'd like to accept um, mm. I think I interacted with several women who actually said to me I had to leave the room because it brought back memories of mm. an instance um, and you know, they didn't necessarily have therapists on hand to right. to, to talk to people. And so I think it w- what was really powerful was um, seeing other attendees who noticed this and then they would tend to these presumably victims of some sort of, of domestic or sexual violence. And um, yeah, it was a it was a tough speech to swallow. It was a very mm. emotional speech, I think. But I think what it did was it rallied everybody and it, it shook people to um, to have at least some hope mm. that because the taboo is being broken and talking about it. Because mm. um, I think that's another element, right? Is like I think the idea of talking about the, wor- the word rape, talking about sexual violence, I mean, even just the word sex. I mean, we, we've come from a very conservative culture by, by nature and history. Mm-hmm. And I think now that there's a barrier broken and on Facebook, you're seeing more people demand uh, rights for these victims and demand that they're heard and demand that they're, they're not to be blamed. Right. You know, I, I think there's a barrier being broken saying, you know what, it's not it's not a scary topic. What is scary is the fact that they're not being helped and supported. That's a that's interesting. It, when you started talking about that, it made me think of this article I read. I can't remember who. I want to say it was Refinery29. Mm-hmm. And it was like this open letter to people that share their struggles with eating disorders mm-hmm. or assault or, you know, just struggles in life. And this extremely... I'm, I'm assuming she's very safe in her lot in life said mm-hmm. how, you know, I don't give a crap. Like you're, why are you burdening, burdening, burdening me with your struggles? I don't need to know you're kind of like, she said, I feel like you're just posting this stuff on Facebook to, to get people to feel sorry Whoa. for you. It was, it was, how did refinery 29, it was, allow it was, that to get published. you should have seen, I, you should have seen the comments. So, um, I mean, I've been pretty open. I have struggled with eating disorders myself mm-hmm. and I just, 
couldn't believe the that someone would come forward and say that, you know, if you don't want to read an article about someone who survived assault or rape or um, domestic violence or eating disorders, don't read it. You have a choice when you're on the Internet. That being said, for people who are victims, whether it is, um, you know, first degree or secondary, you know, I think as women – you don't have to think very hard to think of friends of yours that have been victims. And, mm-hmm. and that is, that makes you a victim too, because that makes you second guess what you wear out on a night out or, oh, absolutely. you know, if you do walk down that alleyway, that's a shortcut to your house. Or if you take the long way because it's lit. Um, and that article, it just made me think of that. The reason that people should come forward with their stories is because they create an outlet for other people to come forward and they don't have to come forward publicly. But even since I have started sharing my stories, I have had people come to me, Mm -hmm. um, whether it is with issues with eating disorders or mental illness or, um, just by sharing my story, I didn't do it to be like, oh, woe is me. I did it because I wish someone would have told me that they had struggled. Maybe I would have found help sooner. So mm-hmm. um, that girl can for sure go F herself. Yeah, um, <laughs> seriously. Man. Talk about privilege. But anyways, yeah. that just it, that just made me, when you were talking about that, it just made me think of that. That's why it is so important for people to come forward when they're struggling, no matter what it's with. Because not only may you get the help you need, but you may by being honest, helping someone else. Yeah. Well, and and even for, you know, again, the women who have been fortunate enough to have not uh, suffered from uh, some sort of assault or attack, either verbally or physically, um, you know, I think it also, it's a wake-up call to be vigilant, not Mm. just for oneself, but for those around you. Like those girls at the bar who saved that girl from getting roofied. Oh, a hundred percent. I bet, you know, I think had we not been having the conversations we've been having lately, I don't know if women would have not only been aware of, of what that looks like, but also mm-hmm. that they have the ability to stop it. Right. Well, and I think that's actually, that's, um, that's actually an interesting segue to some of the women's self-defense seminars that our brand ambassadors have been hosting. Mm. Um, you know, I think back to the one we just had last weekend where, um, we had brand ambassadors Glenna and Chelsea um, leading a women's self-defense seminar. And, you know, it was so amazing to me how some of the moms, for instance, they, when we had them do some of like the physical techniques um, or the physical defenses, one of them, I remember saying, you know, I didn't even know I had this in me. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like, so really quickly, basically what we were teaching them was, um, knowing how many tools they actually have, um, that screaming help, unfortunately, is likely not going to help them, ironically. And so uh, we were coaching them on how if one one physical defense doesn't work to not give up because not being an easy target is the, f- the first way. The best defense. Uh, yeah, the best defense. Yeah, not the first, but it is the best defense you have in a, situa- in a dire situation like that. And so in one situation we had in a simulation – we asked, we had Chelsea and Glenna sort of escalate their their attack, both verbally and physically. And um, the participant, one in particular, she like kept going. Like one, she was trying to break away her wrist and it wasn't working. And she then used a knee and then she threw an elbow and then a shove. And it's like, that's I'm pretty great. sure there was a rage scream in there, there too. Yeah, there <laughs> might have been a rage scream, which is awesome. But like, again, when you saw 45 minutes before that, when we were just 
uh, teaching them different moves, whether it's a basic jab, basic cross, whatever. Um, you know, she was the first person to admit that, oh, I'm not coordinated at all. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden you see her being put in that situation because we were coaching her to utilize all of her tools. I mean, she didn't even realize how naturally it could come. And so, I mean, I think, again, what these unfortunate situations that are coming to light in the press, what they are inherently doing is encouraging other women to be vigilant for themselves and for one another. And I think that's a powerful piece for you know the society of women because um, I think, as a ta- like I mentioned earlier, I think it's always been a taboo for women to address it because they were maybe feared being too coming across too aggressive in their lives or too violent or too loud, whatever, whatever the negative connotation may be. I think that was always a fear of, of a negative connotation in them being a little bit more bullish on how they not only present themselves, but protect themselves, themselves and people around them. And mm. I think that's what got the audience riled up about Joe Biden's speech mm. was that it's the, that dialogue, that taboo is is disappearing. Mm, um, mm. And I think it's exciting to see how it's manifesting in our own communities, too. So that that actually made me think of another one of the speeches that I actually did get a chance <laughs> to to listen to. Um, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Um, <laughs> but so I listened a little bit to Michelle Obama and Oprah's speech or discussion because it was more like a discussion. Um, and. That was kind of cool. They were basically just hanging out. Yeah, it was girl time, Yeah, um, which and, I, I appreciate. Good and, vibes. <laughs> and, Mich- and Michelle Obama, what I loved about her little talk with Oprah was she pretty much gave zero fucks yeah, I, anymore. It like, was awesome. It felt like if only all of us had a glass of wine and we're just hanging out with her. Like, that's honestly what it felt like. She she was... Maybe, th- some, maybe some popcorn. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a regal speech or anything. It was just like... You know, she was saying, you know, girl, I got bad days, too. Like, she was talking to Oprah, and she was like, yeah, girl, I got bad days, too. And, like, I – she talked about the things that she stresses out about, her – everything from her appearance to being a great role model for her daughters, um, being a support system for Barack, you know. And, like, it's just – you felt like you were her girlfriend, and mm. I thought that was actually a really cool experience, too. So something that they talked about that – kind of goes into self-defense I I personally think because um I'll, I'll say it afterwards but they talked a lot about self-worth and understanding defining and finding your self-worth and you and I've had conversations you know before I started doing Muay Thai I did not know how to defend myself I'm I consider myself very lucky that I have not been a victim because when I think of the situations I put myself into as a younger <laughs> woman um because it's my birthday and I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> um, I I honestly think like how have I not? Because I was an idiot and I thought <laughs> I thought I was bulletproof. Um, and I honestly think that the reason I was never a victim is because I, whether I actually did or not, I think I did have a, a sense of self worth. Um, and and that does impact the way you carry yourself, the way you talk to people. Um, and so I really appreciate it. that was kind of how their conversation uh, launched. And I think it's really huge. It's a it's a big topic. And I think that not to brag, but I think, you know, Society Nine, that's something that we're trying very hard to push women to recognize their self-worth as mothers, daughters, sisters, friends. 
um, and for themselves. So I would love to hear, you know, what some of your takeaways were from the girl talk yeah. and the girl time. The <laughs> ultimate girl talk. That's honestly what it felt like. I mean, yeah, Michelle Obama and Oprah. Oh, my gosh. When they came out on stage, it was like you felt like you were at an NSYNC concert. I mean, they were just <laughs> women were going nuts. But I think what was really um, like I said, it felt like you were having just some girl time with them. So when and Oprah is a great interviewer. So some of the things that she was asking um, the first lady about was really around that exact thing that you just talked about, Megan, which is um, your personal personification, mm. how you carry yourself, how you deflect um, people who are trying to tear you down and stuff. And so um, because obviously Obama's term is nearing an end, um, you know, Oprah was like, what are you looking what are you most excited or what are you looking forward to when you leave? And, you know, she's talking about things like missing going to Target and, like, reading the news a little bit more normally because, I mean, she's tabloid fodder, too, to a degree. Mm. I mean. Oh, definitely. Maybe not necessarily People Magazine, but, you know, like, she, I think that's one of the things that hit her hard the most about the the um, presidency was how it was going to affect her and Barack as parents trying to raise their daughters and for her what it meant to be like a powerful woman deflecting that kind of criticism or naysayers or whatever but also still commanding it with grace while still also demonstrating herself as a physically mentally emotionally intellectually strong and powerful woman um and like you know you watch her and you're just like man yeah ultimate fighter right there you know (laughs) I mean she is sharing the seat or sharing the most powerful seat in the world with with President Obama and and she's had to carefully navigate to what it means for herself. Um, mm. So I thought I thought that it was a very vulnerable conversation. Um, so yeah, I encourage anybody who hasn't watched the talk to watch it because you can just like I said, I think you can just tell that her and President Obama are are in a give zero fucks stage. Like, they're ready to transition and and to move on to the next chapter, but there's also been a lot of reflection um, that she's had. Something um, that she said that I I really liked, and I think it it goes into the whole zero fucks. I I don't think it's that they give zero fucks. I think that they both see the value in being extremely authentic in yourself. And that doesn't mean, you know, always shouting at people if you don't agree with them. Like, no, this is my opinion or anything (laughs) like that. Um, But I, you know, whether you agree with people politically or not, you kind of have to appreciate someone who says, like, this is how I feel and these are the things that are important to me. Um, And I do think that she has done a really good job as a first lady to push the things that she cares about. And, um, you know, uh, it's pretty cool to get a chance to listen to her, how she has deflected haters because, gosh, I remember when they were on the campaign trail and people were like, ew, look at her arms. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. Because, first of all, please give me your secrets, Michelle. (laughs) Um, Because I would kill for your arms. Um, But that – but. It's just interesting how that happens, and I really appreciate it. She said it multiple times. Like, I was just unapologetically authentic, and um, I I feel like you and I have had a lot of of conversations about that, and at one point she said that by doing that, 
you create space for the people that support you being authentically yourself. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you're trying to fake it until you make it or whatever, you know, one liner you want to put on not being yourself truly, you just end up surrounding yourself with people who don't actually support you. And I thought that was really cool because I feel like you and I talk a lot about that. Definitely. I think um, I'm a very strong proponent of being vulnerable with the people around you for better or worse. And to hear that come from the first lady saying, yeah, I, I keep the right people around me because I've been vulnerable. And just like you said, Megan, like it did leave space open for the right people Hmm. to come in and support me, the girls, Barack, you know, and, and I, I, I think what I appreciate, I appreciate a lot of things about that talk, but I think additionally, you know, one of the things I, I, loved about hers and Oprah's back and forth was you could see the eyes of all the attendees as they were listening and kind of going back to to Joe Biden's speech as well there was a lot of triggering in a different way with the talk and the triggering was that sense of empathy like Mm. here's the most powerful woman in the world I mean the seat that she has is yeah arguably one of the most powerful and what we found the most and here she is saying, like, I just want to go to Target. You know? You <laughs> Don't know what I mean? we all? No. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to go to Target normally and walk around and enjoy my life. Um, but I'm also trying my best. Mm. You know, I think to hear somebody like the First Lady who, from an image perspective, you know, Everybody think not everybody. I mean, for the people who don't like her, well, you don't like her. But I'm just saying, like, the, this image of you're the freaking first lady. Of course you have everything you, you could possibly mm-hmm. want, right? But not really. Like, and yeah. I think that's – I thought that that was the most most powerful piece that I think people overlook because we live in such a tabloid-driven um, mm. culture. Mm. Um, and so uh, it was funny because her and Oprah kept dropping, again, these one-liners that – you felt like you were in church because all the attendees would go, yes, girl. <laughs> yes, honey, you do you. It was, oh, man, it was fantastic. It felt it felt a little bit like a Southern Baptist church. <laughs> I've, those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, you saw some, like, hands in the air, too, as people were saying, like, yes, honey, hands up. Um, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. It felt like the ultimate girl session. Yeah, I, I was, I was getting into it for sure. Um, so, so that kind of, you know, going off of the topic of like being your genuine self, surrounding yourself with genuine, genuine people who support you in, in being yourself that I just had a conversation actually with one of our brand ambassadors, one of our new brand ambassadors. I can't say her name because we haven't announced her yet. Um, but it kind of it segued really well to the conversation I had with her because we are growing our brand ambassador program really quickly. And, um, I think it's really cool and it really speaks to how much women want to support each other. Um, especially in sports, I feel like there is this kind of air of, they always want to create drama before, especially in combat sports between female fighters and, um, and female athletes, quite frankly. So, you know, when you and I started the Brand Ambassador program, it was to, to give a platform to these women. But as we've expanded it, we've recognized how creating this this little web of leaders has been really, really cool. Um, and it does kind of go back to surrounding yourself with people that support you and um, 
I don't know. I'm pretty excited about our brand ambassador program, and and I hope that our community is taking a look at these women because they're they're definitely leaders. And if you ever need a high five, like they're there for you to give you a high five, and they have some pretty crazy stories. So yeah, I actually um, I had a Cyanine supporter Facebook message me, and she had an idea for this particular MMA promotion that does frequently have female fighters on on their card and. Um, you know, I told her, I was like, that sounds like an awesome idea, you know, reach out to Megan, (laughs) um, if you have any other questions. Um, but then I love this. She, instead of saying, okay, I'll email Megan. Instead, she actually said, well, actually you have a brand ambassador that's, that's close to me. I'll actually talk to her about it and let her talk to you since she's your brand ambassador. Like what the heck? Like I, that was completely organic and she, she knew who our brand ambassador was and knew automatically who to go to, even though I gave mm-hmm. her a direct contact. But still, she she looks to her brand ambassador as a community leader and a reference point. And uh, I think that's something that we've always cared about is making sure our brand ambassadors feel empowered to support their respective communities. Because, I mean, as much as we'd love to be there physically in all of these different pockets, whether it's Texas or Boston or New York, LA, Denver, whatever, you know, I think at the end of the day, we looked at our ambassadors to be that that easy uh, connection point for these other people, these uh, customers um, who either want to learn more or have great ideas, but they feel more comfortable talking to their ambassador. Um, that's what we're most excited about in growing our program is, is empowering um, women and men who already operate in their day-to-day lives um, in such a way that's already aligned with our brand philosophy. Um, and by creating that community connection, it it achieves what we had set out to do mm. had we been able to be physically in all these places. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the cool thing. So when I was talking to this newer ambassador, you know, I said to her, if you're a woman and you're kind of realizing, you know, you're new to it all, right? You saw boxing on TV or you saw kickboxing on TV and you saw what you could gain out of it, but you don't really know how to go about it. What's really cool is we have this big group of women that you can go to our website and see if any of them are in your area and you can connect with them and they're going to help you and then you're going to be a part of our community and we're going to give you all the high fives you need along the way. Cause it's definitely a journey. Um, it's funny. I was actually looking, you know, Facebook memories, always making you remember the things you either do or do not want to remember. Um, on this day, five years ago, I was getting shots in my back to, to fix nerve damage or actually to block nerve, nerve issues. Um, and I just said yes to my first fight. That's crazy. And that's a really long journey. And there are a lot of people who have been along this way. And there were a lot of people who probably shouldn't have been on that journey with me. Um, And what is really cool about our brand ambassador program is we kind of get a chance to start people off on the right foot. Mm. Um, You know, instead of stumbling into gyms that may not value you, Mm -hmm. our brand ambassadors can steer you in the right way, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think uh, to start something new that maybe you're curious about, but you know, didn't feel like you had the right support system or people encouraging you. I mean, you automatically have, what, 30 people here in this brand ambassador group or myself and Megan who will help coach you or just talk to you if you have questions or if you're, if you're nervous. Um, 
there I think that's what makes uh, these brand ambassadors awesome is they understand how intimidating it can be and they won't shame you either which way they just want to make sure that you feel like um, if you're ready to try something that you have that connective tissue um, available for you they can give you that girl talk they may not be Oprah and Michelle Obama, yeah, exactly. but they can give you that girl talk. Yeah. So on that note, um, I personally would like to go celebrate Megan's birthday. So um, we're going to cut the podcast short today. But Salad um, time. Yeah, salad Aww. time. She's got her weight cut. Wah, wah. Um, hey, I wanted to get her a big ass cupcake, but she turned me down. Uh, so... But I understand why, because this is a really exciting opportunity. So I will eat the cupcake for her. I'll stare at you like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll have all the cupcakes once she wins her fight. Mm. Um, but in any case, thanks for joining us today. And uh, really excited uh, for you guys to check out those videos from the United States of Women's Summit. Highly encourage you. If anything, if you're at work, put it, put it in the background and just listen, because uh, especially... If you have the stomach for it, listen to Joe Biden's speech, um, and hopefully you won't cry. But if you want to hang out with some people other than myself and Megan, you should listen to Oprah and Michelle Obama because they make great, great buddies, too. And if you are looking for some leadership or, you know, you need an outlet or someone to reach out to, for sure, check out our brand ambassadors and connect with those guys. Um, Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, They are all really amazing women. We have been doing our very best to curate women that we truly believe are leading their communities. So um, they are a resource for our community as well as we are a resource for them. And we encourage you to always reach out to us if you need anything. Awesome. Have a good one, guys. Bye.